Yo, 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 yep, 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 check, 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 check. I'm a professional mic checker. Yo, 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 yep, 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 yep. Step back. You don't know how to do it. Just kidding. Everybody knows how to do it. But I'm worthless. And I need to find some kind of meaning in my life. And that only comes through taking my lack of skill and pretending it's a skill and then putting you down in the process. Yep, yep, chick, chick. Yep, yep. You're not good at it. Only I am. Oh. <laughs> Have you watched Cobra Kai yet? I've seen the first, like the original things a couple times. Maybe the first handful of episodes. When it was released years ago on YouTube TV? Yes. Because they were trying to lure people in and obviously that didn't work. So they just sold the rights to it. Yeah, smart. To Netflix. Like, here you go. Just give us money. Nobody wants our shitty YouTube TV. No, that's not true because... Oh, wait, YouTube... No, it wasn't just on YouTube TV. Wasn't it on YouTube Red? Oh, I guess. I don't know. You're the only one I know who pays for YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do pay for YouTube, but I use it a lot. It's uh, I watched the whole series. Well, the first two seasons. Yeah. I got to where he met Daniel at the car dealership. Yeah, I think that's early on. Okay. Is that like in the first three? It may be the first two because the first two were the ones that were offered for free years ago. But uh, I was never even a big Karate Kid fan. (gasps) Really? No, I I didn't get into it. I, uh, I remember the video game. Also, that probably spoiled my thoughts of the movie, even though that shouldn't happen because, as we've talked about before, the Back to the Future video game really sucked and it didn't ruin the mm. movie for me. But trying to catch flies with a chopstick in the video game really was no <laughs> And then like there was wind. like You had to jump in the rain and the wind would blow your whole body back. Oh, that makes sense because there's a lot of balance. He has to learn. Danielson has to learn balance. Yeah, but I really enjoy this uh, show, even though if you watch it, I'll tell you. It, uh, okay. characters just come out of nowhere. They're just introduced for the sake of being introduced because they need to create some kind of conflict. They're generating conflict and it's really ridiculous. It's like, why, who, where did you come from? Why are you back? They're just doing it for the sake of it. And hmm. uh, I'm okay with it though, because it's fun to watch. It's not, don't take it too seriously. Oh no. It's, it, it seemed like uh, it set the tone well for what it was, you know, like real aware of itself not trying to like let's really get in the head of uh what's the guy's name that's the lead like billy or something johnny johnny no wait yeah the main yeah guy. johnny okay sorry so you know i'm i was getting my johnny's confused because in dirty dancing patrick swayze's name is johnny yeah and patrick so swayze, i was thinking of him as like a, a be, good guy supposed to be 25 but he when he Filmed that he was 38 and uh, I don't care. I was so hot for Patrick Swayze in that movie. Well, Cobra Kai. Okay, but also, yeah, Cobra Kai. Um, I loved Karate Kid. Loved it. Okay. I'm not saying you're wrong. I, no. It's not. I'm saying you're wrong. I'm saying you're wrong for not being into it. And I feel like. If I was going to guess if you were into it, I would have definitely guessed you were. So I wonder what happened. I just didn't get it. I don't know. Maybe I was never really in. I told you the video game one spoiled, which is ridiculous, but I was a kid. And for some reason, I think I wasn't that into Karate Kid. Then I played the game and I never really (laughs) got into Karate Kid. And probably someone that I didn't like along the way in my life really loved it. And 
But I'm not looking to argue with you. That's not why I introduced this. No, I know. That's why I paused when you said that you liked it because I'm not. I know plenty of people enjoy it. Uh, you know, because people. Well, okay, even pre-COVID, you know, movie theater situations. Um, you know, a lot of movies that were coming out were just sort of repackaged versions of things you already know so that the movie you know studios will make a certain amount of money back you know like people weren't putting money into something that like it was an interesting concept uh so thinking about it even pre because i feel like covid rules now change how things are going to happen but uh they should just start delving into video games oh i guess they already have like uh sonic sonic was a video game they made that into a movie yeah, they make they, they should need to do make, Maniac Mansion. Well, that was already a Family Channel TV show at some point. Maniac Mansion. Yeah, but it had nothing based to on do. the video game. There were some characters' names, like I yeah, think the Spike, the weird Ed. Uh huh. But it, it was ridiculous. I was very disappointed when I found out there was a TV show a long time ago, and then uh-huh. I watched it and like, what is this? <laughs> Zero to do with the game. Um, Lame. No, but this Cobra Kai... Marble madness. Just watch it for uh, fun because, like I said, all the conflict is so manufactured. It's it's like a soap opera. All these dynamics are so unrealistic. Whenever you think that things have died down, you know that something big is coming to stir shit back up again. Uh, Also, there's just so much fighting without repercussion. 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 How do you pronounce it? Repercussion. I don't know how to pronounce that word right now. Now I'm afraid. Repercussions. Repercussion. What's happening with your mouth? I don't know. What what do you mean? I said it. I said it correctly. I know, but you're having trouble saying it. Repercussion. (laughs) Percussion. Say it. Repercussion. Now Now you got me all messed up. I even almost messed up the word messed up. This is going to be a great show. I'm ready. I'm interested in this topic. Yeah, but so much fighting and that it just it's goofy. They just constantly fighting and in school and the teachers are not around yeah. and then when they are the, around the I'm not getting involved. Yeah, repercussion. That's wrong. Repercussion. Repercussion. Well, you're listening to the British pronunciation. Repercussion. Oh, it all sounds wrong now. Re- repercussion. Yeah, here's the American repercussion. 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 <laughs> what is the drum? What is a, a drum instrument? Percussion. Percussion? Yes. <laughs> so is it repercussion? That's that. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. So repercussion. This word has totally lost all sense. I wanted to put the R after the P, so repercussion, but that's wrong. Me too, I do too, repercussion. And I think the first time I said that, I didn't have the R, repercussion. <laughs> that was the British way, right? <laughs> no, they just say repercussion. No, the British way. Repercussion. Oh, do it repercussion. 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 Yeah, I said it the British repercussion. way. Repercussion. So actually, I said it the correct way. Repercussion. 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 Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. 
My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. Uh, and it's, it is uh, my <laughs> Yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> I was just copying you. Go ahead. What do you, what do you mean? You're mimicking me. Yeah. Well, it's always And just... it's your week, Autumn, and it's your week to talk about the thing, and so Autumn. It always feels it? so abrupt. We just introduce ourselves and then say, All right, your turn. Which I yeah. guess why that's the only way it should be done. But Yeah. I don't know what I want to put in between there. It's like you trying to close out the show. You have zero idea how to do it. No, I have an idea. And I, I just don't like the way I sound doing it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't like the, you know, formalities that are tied to setting up a show. Right. I just want it to be natural. Yeah. Hey, how are you today? Yeah, it's like if we were having a conversation <laughs> in real life. It's like, hey, Autumn, your turn to tell me what's going on. Yeah. Well, Greg, get ready. Buckle up. Boy, do we have a topic this week. All right. What do you have? I want to talk about survival. And I know that this is a very broad topic. Yeah. What kind of survival? Living in the woods survival. I would like to talk about that. I would also like to talk. So those, I, th- I feel like that's like um, there's a lot of different types of survival that I think people have to deal with. Survival there's- of the fittest. Not real. <laughs> not real. We're all designed in the eye of God. Survival of the fittest. Fit, fit, ah! Survival of the if, fittest. If God can lead you to it, God can lead you through it. Uh, that that uh, the eye, the eyeball. I'll tell you right now. That shows you that there's a God. Because what what good with evolution is a half of eye? Why would uh, creatures with half an eye survive? Well, an eye is only good if it's a full eye. Or no eye. It's all or nothing with that's, eyes. That's uh, that's the argument. Yep. So anyway, not survival of the fittest. We're not getting into no, evolution. not like that. I mean, listen, if we want to bring that up, that's fine. But what I what I was thinking about were the big ideas of survival, like people who are, you know, surviving in the bush by themselves because of some like, you know, that stupid trope after, you know, a, a shipwreck or something where they just like wake up on the sand, you know, and then they don't, they're on some abandoned beach. Like that's not how that works. But okay. Um, yeah, surviving like that, but maybe in small ways, like when you're dealing with your kids and they're acting crazy, which I don't know anything about. I have no experience with that and how you're surviving in those tiny moments or just like when someone is bothering you and you're just, you know, just trying to get through the day, you know, maybe with work, maybe you have a boss that you hate or something and you're trying to survive this moment. Like small moments and actually huge moments. I don't think many people know how to survive. People, they get labeled survivors because they have, you know, there's obviously a range of difficulties people face in their life. And I'm not trying to take away from anyone who has a normal life that still poses difficult situations like having a boss. But uh, there are no no real answers to anything. I was thinking about this earlier. It's like there's no right way to do anything. Every way right. you choose poses problems. It presents problems to your life. And a lot of people are just labeled survivors because they didn't die. Time passes. Yes. Time passes. You continue to get older. There's nothing. That in itself doesn't mean that you survived or you got through things. It just means you existed. And well, let's talk about something. Yeah, let's talk about something that like big that happens to you, whether it's something traumatic or something really frightening you know, um, a lot of times people say, well, they survived something because they're alive now. 
you know, like they actually physically through, you know, time passing made it through something. And then they feel like, well, I've made it through and look, I live my life. I pay my bills. I go to the grocery store. I, you know, try and stay healthy or whatever, but that doesn't mean that you've truly survived because things like that still affect you in your life. You know, so someone says like, Oh, I don't know. I just, you know, pick the wrong men. You know, it's like, no, well, all right. You've survived trauma, but you've never actually done anything about it. Yeah. And I don't want to take away from people who had like real traumatic events in their lives. If you're in an abusive relationship or if something, I'm not saying you are, I'm just because I dismissed it by saying you didn't really survive anything. Like people who actually go through those things, I do understand that it probably is a survival in a way when you're just struggling because your whole world has been shattered and changed and you have no hope or faith left in humanity. And you know, at that point, sure. I don't want to dismiss what is actually happening in my cynical outlook on things where I feel as though people just take the word I'm a survivor. Like, okay, sure. Great. Just because surviving really to me in its most basic form is I'm still alive. That's the, right. Okay. That's what surviving means. You it's didn't almost, die. But it's almost like calling yourself. We're talking about the bigger things. When calling yourself a survivor is almost, it like almost tricks you into thinking you're okay because time continues on and your brain cannot handle dealing with something that is too intense for too long. And so it starts to like even back out. You know, like even if it's something that has heightened, you know, some cortisol level in your brain or something, you feel that for a time, but then eventually it doesn't go away. Your body and your brain just gets used to that heightened whatever. And you feel like it's normal when really maybe it's not. And so calling yourself a survivor really plays a trick on you into thinking like, well, you're just better now because you've made it through and look at you. You're fine. You're fine. You're well, I think a lot thing. of, you're fine. I think a lot of people don't feel okay. Again, if we're talking about major trauma, which doesn't, I guess I'm speaking focus. for myself because I avoid. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm oh, like, yeah, I'm fine. Look, see? all right, we can get to you. You can, uh, instead of projecting that, we'll talk about you specifically. Um, well, I just think, so I don't, I, I, I have had, you know, like the drowning thing. I have had like that kind of trauma, but I don't, I just think that if I did have something really huge that I would sort of just start moving through it and be like, see, I guess I'm all right. Yeah, fine. You're an exist. A lot of people just become existers if something big happens yes. in their life. And look, if you work through that, and this is very difficult, if you work through something that is affected you to the point where your whole means of existence have shifted and you kind of are just existing and you find a way to get back to actively living that I would call survival because then you got through the whole process and you survived that through a lot of work and a lot of difficulty. And now you're back to, you'll never be exactly the same. And right. I know this is a, well, this is strange because we're talking about doesn't mean surviving doesn't mean that what happened to you doesn't affect you or doesn't change you in some way. And I think that maybe some people go through things like that and think, well, I'm not going to let that affect me. It's like, no, you should let it affect you. But be able to maybe sift through the things that whatever happened to you affect you in a negative way 
so that it like filters into a positive. I'm thinking. And maybe people on the other side of that feel like, well, there's a right way to do it and I don't know where to start. And I don't, you know, like you said, there's no right way to do it and there's not. But maybe, like I said, on the other side of that, you do feel the pressure that there's a right way to do it. And either you don't feel like doing it or it's scary to do it. So what are you getting at specifically? Why did you bring up this topic? Well, With two you reasons. feeling like you're surviving. And I don't know. Now I feel like we're all over the map because the process of surviving when it applies to like living in nature or yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Now I'm very confused with this whole thing. Okay. So because, just let me work through this, I guess. Okay. <laughs> because there's the part of me that immediately went after people who call themselves survivors just because I like to shit on people because a lot of people annoy me and they want to present themselves as something special, something that they're not. And you know, that lives in its own right. If your life is difficult because you have a a, a boss or kids and it's hard and you're a survivor that I take offense to, uh, people who've been through trauma is a whole other category where I want to be empathetic towards those people. And because I can't even, I haven't had any major trauma in my life. And I, you know, I know how for the longest time I reacted to, you know, simple things that were an inconvenience to my life. I'm like, God, if something big happened, I guess maybe it changes the perspective. But anyway, the point is I want to be, I want to (laughs) be empathetic towards those people and not claim that they're not survivors or you are surviving. I can understand how, when I said you're an existing, you're an exister, you know, that can be considered survive. This is why I'm getting confused because now I'm, I'm just trying to create categories in my mind. Well, um, that's all right. And it all, you know, originally comes out of my cynicism. Just thinking of the person's like, my life is so difficult. I'm a survivor. I'm like, shut, shut up. Shut well, up. But then, you know, someone, there's probably people listening who actually have had things and I don't. There was a long winded way of saying, don't listen to me. I empathize with whatever you've dealt with (laughs) okay um i don't i don't mean to say that people people who are dealing with bratty kids should be labeled as survivors what i meant was there are moments there are these small moments where you have to survive these things um so this is you asked me before where is this coming from and there's a couple different reasons why i thought of it one big reason i'm watching alone it's on netflix and also on hulu but on hulu i don't we, i don't have the fancy hulu without commercials so there's a lot of commercials on netflix because you use season. hold on hold on because you use my hulu that i so generously <laughs> gift you that i get for free through my f- cell phone subscription my, my yeah. service and then you complain about it you're not even paying i mean anything. i appreciate it okay but, so you yeah. watch you watch alone Yes, it's such an amazing show. It's like Survivor, but real. Um, and these people are truly alone. They don't have any cameramen, camera people, pardon my man, uh, camera people with them. Uh, it's just them alone with a camera. They're allowed to bring 10 items with them. And they have to build a shelter. They have to find water, food, all of these things. They like starve. It's really interesting. Um and so 
I, I was interested in surviving in those bigger ways. And then I also watched this video where this woman who was in a plane crash, she was the only survivor. And she like lived in the Amazon for a bunch of days because her parents like raised her in this Amazon because her mother was like an ornithologist and whatever. And I just thought it was interesting. And then um, my friend recently had a baby who's like three months old and her husband works a ton because he's the only one who's bringing in any income. And he just recently started school. So he's super busy. Um, her house, you know, when you have a three month old, I mean, and dur it's during COVID. So she, she can't even get her like dad to come out from wherever in Oregon or whatever to help her. So she's truly all alone and she's struggling and she's doing what she can to survive, you know, to like take care of this baby to get as much sleep as she can to survive these days and days, these long days with a baby. What and is the end game? I, I don't want to get too locked into talking about kids, but a lot of people have kids, they're babies, and then it becomes a discussion of I'm surviving. The, to me, that's like the, the choice is I really do not enjoy this at all. Why did I do this? Maybe even I'm thinking about how death would be a better option than this. But then you talk to these people, like, oh, it's the greatest thing in the world. Is that part of the survival? Is having to lie to yourself about how having a kid is so great? And why do so many people do it? And I, I, I don't want to say that I don't have compassion for people who are in that situation and struggle with it because I know it is very difficult. But there seems to be a lack of honesty when people talk about it meaning they quite often go to the extreme of saying they're surviving and then they want some kind of empathy from you, but then they'll just tell you how great and wonderful it is. And I, yeah. I just, I'm confused by that whole thing. And I that, think that, I mean, we are biologically driven to reproduce and that's a strong, especially in women. I think it's super strong drive. Um, that's difficult to ignore. Even people who don't want kids, still will sort of go through a mourning process uh, when they really are at a crossroads, you know, at their decision to not have kids. Um, so you're dealing with a biological drive and then, um, yeah, you're in the middle of it when they're little like that. And maybe like I said with my friend, like you're not getting a ton of help. Is, well, you know, not her husband's not a deadbeat. <laughs> He's just busy. And uh yeah, you're you're going through a lot, but there's so much that they give back to you as your baby that it's not like it offsets that. It's almost like you don't remember as intensely how hard it is. And that's why people have like a second and third kid, even though or fourth or fifth, even though it was so, so hard. Um, and also what what comes along with those early ages um, because we are still biologically driven to have kids. Um, there's, I think a natural setup that used to be in place for humans reproducing, which was the village, you know, the, the family lived close by, or you were in a smaller community where, or even in the not as distant past, you know, maybe you lived in a smaller town and, uh, you know, you, you had your parents come live with you 
once they got a certain age or or maybe once you had a kid, maybe you moved them into like the in-law suite or, you know, who knows? You just had a, a group uh, of people that you could reach out to like in your religion, like in your church or something, um, at, which was your village. And the more connected we get through the internet, it's what it seems like the farther or further away we get from actually uh, finding that village. Well, what do parents want? They do present things quite often as though they want you to feel something towards their situation. And what I battle with is this idea. It's like you did it to yourself. That doesn't mean that I don't understand that having kids probably does feel like survival quite often because you sacrifice so much and especially women. And I know we're trending away from that traditional model where the woman stays home and, but Mm -hmm. you know, women especially still are expected to be the primary caregivers for the most part. And they sacrifice a lot of their careers quite often, even their identities. And they maybe don't even have a chance to find those things if they even, even ever have an opportunity to do so until the kid is grown. And it's like, all right, I can take all of that and understand all of that and feel for you because of all of that. But also this was your choice. So what do you want from me? What are you looking? Why do you present this? If you just want support and say it's support, but don't go then throwing it in my face, acting like admit that. I'm not saying I want people to admit that they made a mistake in having kids, but I want them to admit <laughs> that it's not the greatest thing in the world. Or maybe sometimes they think about how they would rather not have kids. Admit those things, be authentic and real. And then maybe I will be more understanding towards your plight for lack of a better term. Um, well, A, I don't think anyone's throwing anything in your face. <laughs> I don't think anyone's doing that to you. A lot of times you see this presented online. It's either either Well, that's or. online, and online is bullshit. Just like people's lives on Instagram seem really great, but they you don't see the billions of selfies that they took that sucked. You know, or like people's kids. Like, they take these great pictures. Like, look how happy. Look at how little Bobby just sits there and doesn't, you know, well, freak out when really that was like a... 45 minute process of getting a picture where Bobby's sitting still as it pertains to surviving. Um, if you put yourself in this situation, I am less inclined to have as much compassion towards your scenario. I think that no one is trying to get sympathy from you. If some, so, so let's say, let's say, you know, I'm saying, you're like, hey, how's it going? You're like, oh, I'm surviving these kids, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not looking for you to then feel bad for me. It's just th- what's happening right now. It's just really tough. And that doesn't mean that I've made a, mis- a huge mistake. <laughs> I just like- But you're right. I mean, I think that, you know, people being a little bit more honest about how hard it really is. But when you're like I said, you're you're like not baby crazy because that's a pretty shitty way to put it. But when you really are driven like that, you hear people say it's hard and you believe them. But you're like, oh, I just I can do it. I want to do it. I wouldn't you just. Yeah, your biology presses the gas. You can't stop it. You know, when I moved to New York. It was difficult, and it's a difficult place to live. And I feel like I went into a a survival mode of sorts where Mm -hmm. being here 13 years, if I had 
gone any traditional route where I settled. I mean, I, I guess I could have met someone, uh, settled down with them, marriage or not, committed to them, and figured out a way to live together. But it, it surely would have strained the relationship. And if I had kids at any point early on, there's no way I would have been in New York for 13 years because I went into a mode where you lived so modestly in a shithole apartment that, you know, is 250 <laughs> square feet, has no natural uh-huh. light. Uh, I'm not buying that many things, food to keep me alive, rarely buying clothes. I'm sure, I'd still find ways to go out and drink with my friends. But, you know, at the time, I was in my 20s, and that's fine. You put that as your priority. Yeah, and for me, it did feel like survival. And there was no other way that I could have gotten... I could have put in more work and focused more on career and maybe found ways to make more money to make living here easier. Um, but you know, there's a path and it took me a very long time. I feel as though to become established here and that certainly was survival, but I was always aware that this was my choice. I am choosing to do this. And I found, you know, me putting that on and and I'm, I'm sorry that I'm focusing on, you know, people who are claiming to be survivors. This is just me being very cynical and probably not what you wanted to talk about, but you know, I have problems with humanity quite often and (laughs) I feel a lot of people put themselves in situations and then want some kind of sympathy from you. And I'm not saying you're doing that. This is, I know I'm not saying it's okay. You really, you're really defending yourself a lot. I feel like you're thinking of someone listening to this and feeling bad. Well, because it is the distinction that I had trouble I was having a hard time understanding the direction of this topic uh-huh. and how we were going to discuss it and thinking about people who actually, again, I'll just reiterate, experience trauma. Things happen to them outside of their own choices. Um, that is a totally different thing. And I just I wanted to make sure I wasn't dismissive of that because okay. you know, we're moved into this other realm of it. And yeah, I I think, yeah, okay. That seemed like survival mode when I was here in New York, but that's my doing, and I no one else should ever be bothered. But that doesn't mean you're not allowed to complain about it actually being difficult. Well, I don't even know if I wanted to complain. There was part of me, I think, sometimes people put themselves in these situations because they want to test themselves. Some people go Mm -hmm. live in the woods because that's their way to prove that they're tough and strong and capable of surviving. And... uh, yeah, granted, living in New York isn't the same as not having food. You know, there's grocery stores here or having to build shelter. But it's certainly a form of that. It's a difficult place to live. And unless you're already rich and you're if you're here and you're trying to find your feet, there is a period of that, certainly, of surviving and figuring it out. And I can appreciate that process if a person puts themselves through it. I think maybe sometimes it becomes a little ridiculous and people just continue to do it for whatever hole they're trying to fill in their life, trying to prove for <laughs> themselves. But, you know, that's a different pathological discussion. A, yeah. So, you know, we can get off of this view that I have of it where I just need to shit on people who are like, I'm a survivor. <laughs> you know, we can move from that. I just I'm trying to even understand, you know, my view on it. And that's why it maybe feels like I'm defending myself. I'm not. I'm just, this is mostly for me. It's not for a listening person what who I, may be what offended. I think is, what I think is interesting about survival is how people deal with it, how people cope with surviving through these 
moments or through these large swaths of time where, where something has happened. Um, because I feel like there's a lot of people who survive by pouring themselves into work, you know, or um, they survive by focusing on something artistic or, you know, they go and do something physical, like they go join the army, you know, or, uh, and then there are some who dive into drug use and like escape that feeling. I wouldn't call well, that, sur- that's I- not survival. Survival to me is active. If you're talking about these other situations where people, even uh, we could argue if it's healthy or not, or the best way to go about it, but someone who throws themselves into a creative hobby to pull themselves out of whatever situation they find that's themselves not surviving? in. That's surviving. Okay. You bring up drug use, and I don't find using drugs as surviving. That's more escaping. Um, that's existing. But, but in a way, so this is where I, where I was going uh, in this thought, was that pouring yourself into a creative hobby is kind of like escaping because you're not actually dealing with it. That's true. I guess, you know, the distinction is I viewed that as positive, whereas drug use and, again... I also viewed that as negative, but you're still uh, what I think is interesting. What, what takes people down those different lanes of how they choose to survive these moments or through these things? I guess they all, all can be negative. I, I, the gauge to me on if something is positive or negative is how it's affecting your relationships with other people in your life. So if you're bearing yourself in work, surely there are people who are on the other end of that that they don't think that's a positive thing. Um, right. You know, drugs was an easy one. It's like usually when people use drugs, I don't use drugs if you want, but if you're really falling deep into drugs, it's ruining your relationships with people. There's no way around that. But a lot of times creative endeavors only, uh, uh, you, you can only get that creativity or maybe even that success from something that is bad. You know, so like if you have great success in this creative field, um, and things are going great and you're feeling great and you're just great, then maybe your art isn't that great because, you know, like they say comedians are funnier when they're riding the bus. Like once comedians get really rich, you know, they have less to sort of pull from out of their lives. Well, I think that's why maybe people live or try to live perpetually in a state of survival because when there's struggle involved, you're getting more out of things. I surely fell for that trap. Did you? I know that I thought more creativity, a different perspective on life will certainly come out of a struggle than if things were cushy. Uh, You know, that happens quite often with bands too. When they are younger, they're angry, they whatever their motivation is. And then when they hit it big, it's like, that no longer exists. Right. But that's still manufactured survival, which is an interesting element of this conversation that people do purposely put themselves in those situations for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if it's right or wrong. You do it again. If it, it, if you're doing that and then it becomes someone else's problem because you put yourself in a situation where it's difficult and you're struggling Mm -hmm. and then you constantly complain to other people and want them to be like, Oh, take pity on you. It's like, shut up. Yeah. But if you're going to do it because you get something out of it, and you don't make other people hold your shit, then fine, do it. Who am I to say yeah. that you should be living any it, other way? It's more, so I think what you're saying is people are allowed to be as 
either great or shitty as they want, as long as they're aware of who they are and what they're doing. And like what their motivation is behind what they're doing. I always whether think it's people, shitty or good. <laughs> I, I always think people can do whatever the hell they want. I try not to concern right. myself unless it affects me or I see it affecting other people negatively. Then I'm like, you are crap. <laughs> that it's very simple. Like this is and and the reason you know, this show I know we're talking about survival, but really I'm just thinking about cynicism now, which can be a whole other topic for a different time. But I think it's put my cynicism on display. They were talking mm-hmm. about people who are in situations for whatever reason, surviving, struggling to stay alive for uh, all intents and purposes. Maybe it's not really a matter of life or death, but and my initial reaction is to be cynical about it. And I, I think a lot of the times it is because I find people are manufacturing this struggle in their lives. So they have to survive. Huh. And then it becomes other people's problems. And it's like, I don't, I can't take that much. Maybe that's the distraction because they can't actually focus on, yes, maybe they've survived something. Um, but now that they've physically lived through it, it's time to deal with what, how that, like I said earlier about like filter that through something to turn what happened to you into a positive uh, effect on your life instead of a negative effect. And maybe that's too difficult to go through. So they're going to manufacture things constantly, or like you said, sort of have you carry it for them. If there's a real struggle that is out of your control, if something happened to you and then that person reaches out, and says, hey, I'm having a hard time surviving right now. Uh, I need your help. That is totally different. And you can put it on a, well, you can't just throw it on other people and not put in the work yourself. But if you need the support and the help and you're also working on it, then again, that is the distinction here. It's a matter of if you did this to yourself or not. But the person who's doing that, you know, that person could potentially be the kind of person who's going to continue to do that and say, like, they had no part in any of these things happening to them. Everything just happens to them. And and they constantly need help and they can never get, you know, one foot in front of the other without, you know, stepping backwards three paces, you know, and and they don't have any idea that they're actually the ones who are manufacturing these things or or putting themselves into positions where this kind of thing could happen or they're not getting the help that they need to stop sort of gravitating towards those uh i don't know either the people you know that may be affecting them like that or situations you know like they're drawn to it like a magnet because it helps them escape it helps them not not have to look oh it helps them not look at themselves they're looking at everything else. Like all arrows are pointing out from them instead of thinking about like, what part do I play in any of this? And that's how they survive is because they cannot look at themselves. And By think leeching about, off of other people's energy. That's how they survive. I don't, I don't like yeah, maybe life is a struggle. No matter what your status is. Surely when things are subjective, it's fair to say, I'm having a hard time right now, even if you have a cushy life for the most part. Objectively, I would like, I would hope that people keep things in mind. And like, you know, there are people out there really struggling with things and, you know, having a difficulty 
surviving. But I don't want to discredit that everyone, life in general, can be difficult. But people who want to go about it and leech off of others, and there is no solution, and there is no final answer, and they'll just continue to create problems. That's perfect for them. Well, that's, because then they set you up to abandon them. Because at some point, the person who is trying to be there for them or hear them or help them listen to them, you know, eventually all of their patience is used up and they start, they, they start to see over time that you continue to have the same issues, the same problems. You're never actually doing anything to progress yourself into not having these issues. And then you say, okay, I can't give you any more of me. And you start to back away to protect yourself and then they get to view it as like, see, another person abandons me. This is just how it is. Everybody abandons me. They can never look on the inside. And that's because, like I was saying, they have to survive that way. That's the only way that they can survive. Because to look inward is too painful. Like that would go against how they feel safe. Well, what's the cause of this? In this hypothetical situation that you're presenting about this person? It could be any, it could be so many different things. It could be like abandonment. It could be, you know, uh, being treated as a victim your whole life, whether it's because of abandonment or because of abuse in all kinds of ways. And abuse doesn't have to be like I was beaten up by my parents. It could be emotional abuse. It could just be like belittlement constantly. Never, it could be other ways where, you know, um, a parent enmeshes you and never helps you, you know, self um, okay, well, like individuate, you know, it could be all kinds of things. And so then you're so, constantly. So going with what I applied before and then see now you're softening me, softening me up. If a mm -hmm. person had something happened to them and this has become the way they deal with it by leeching off of other people, then there's yeah. certainly a period within that where I would be open to supporting and helping. But yeah, at some point, if you have no intent on actually trying to work through things, you have to let that person go also. And they just set it up but over and over and over again. So. Because they're trying to master something. And this is why women who were, you know, like physically abused as kids or saw physical abuse in the home will then gravitate towards someone who will do the same thing to them as adults. Or have that same family dynamic. And that doesn't have to be something as traumatic. It could be just the way that your family is, whether it's healthy or not. Again, I would not go, call you this. You seek that out to master it. But no, there's no, there's no attempt at mastery there. If you just continue down the same path, making the same mistake over and over. There's no attempt for anything. Because any, you don't know how to do it. Well, that's not mastery. Then that's not surviving. To me, surviving uh -huh. is, again, active. You're working towards... Maybe there's not even a specific place you want to go, but you're just taking steps forward. You're like, this thing has altered my life and is affecting my life, and it's difficult. And I'm going to put in the work that's necessary to get through it. I don't know where it goes. But when you're just going round and round, wanting people to take pity on you, no, that's not surviving. And I don't is know. Is that what, pathology? Well, I mean, what is that? surviving, as you said, you brought up, it's like you're trying to master something. I would agree with uh -huh. that. If you're surviving. Again, the person, just a very straightforward example, the person who goes into the woods to live. Uh, yeah, you're trying to master what nature? You're trying to master the deficiencies you have as a human out there with 
you know, a human who's used to living in a culture where food is easy to come by and all your needs are easily met. Um, that I would buy into. But the moment that there's, it's not active, you're, you're not surviving. You're either... Interesting. If you're, if you're not bothering other people, you're existing. And if you're bothering other people with it, you're leeching. <laughs> but I, I definitely understand what you're saying. But don't you think that this is how the leecher feels like that's the only way that they know how to survive? They're, they're doing they're trying to master they think what they're are trying they trying to master. to master they're not trying to they're just trying to find excuses to continue living the way that they're living they don't realize that though they're blind to that they're completely blind like not like where you close your eyes and it's dark like blind people don't see anything and those the people who don't realize they're leeching they have no idea that that's what they're doing well you they know don't realize that every interaction that and every relationship with, that they make with people outside of themselves they're just setting it up so for to, to put them back in the same position where they started that's no mastery though i, I no it's not they don't realize that though and i still think that that could be a type of survival not an unhealthy type no because if they didn't do it I don't know where they would go, I guess. You know, maybe that does cause them to completely shut down and give up if they don't do it. If you want to get technical and call it survival. If they don't do what? If they don't leech off of other people or bother other people with their shit and throw it onto them and hold this and comfort me and console me and no matter what it you could, say, it, it doesn't It could be on physically no one. It could just be online. You've We've seen those posts from people who are just like, I can't ever get anything. Nothing is good. That's what I mean. Everyone's but, horrible. And what are they doing? They're sucking the energy out of every other person who comes across those posts and I don't yeah. have I don't have much compassion for people Me like that either. I think I have a, a little bit again if there's something that actually happened to them I will extend it but at the moment realize like none of this is going to do any good and there's nowhere we're going with this then you have to make the choice and if it sounds cold I'm sorry but that is you can't just be around people like that people are ultimately responsible for themselves and going back to the parenting thing if you have kids it's difficult and if you're reaching out for help or you want to say it's hard and you just need some support great if you're i have kids i can't get anything done oh my god this is so difficult please pay attention to me please feel bad for me and it's like look you chose you chose to have those things and uh well then that's we're talking about the same thing because that person who doesn't who only wants the sympathy then though that those are the same people who are the leechers. But why? But why, just because someone who'd you, you know, come across? What is the, what? I know that you brought up the reasons why you wanted to talk about this. Who'd you? There's got to be someone specific. Well, Did now you, we're talking about someone specific, but we can't say. Are we? I don't even know who we're talking about. Yeah, the person we would always look up on Facebook. Oh well, yeah, that person that we don't know. But I'm saying the topic at and hand. also, yeah, go ahead. Do you feel like you're a survivor? I'm not trying to say you're not. No. Um, Do you feel like you're surviving? I, and, well, I mean, there's things, but it's your own stuff. I just know that you've had difficulties at times since uh, yeah. you gave birth. And, you know, there was some darkness, seemingly. Yeah, there really to, was. That you had to get through. And that, you know, I could understand why it would be, why it feels like cause surviving. Because, you know, if it's that extreme. I didn't reach feelings, out to anybody during that stuff. Yeah, maybe you should have during that time. Yeah. Well, and that's what made me so glad about my friend who recently had this baby was that, um, you know, I hadn't seen her since she had the baby because I was afraid of, you know, all the COVID stuff. And then she told me that she's been having trouble. And so I was like, can I come see the baby? 
<laughs> you know, I'll just like come and help you. And she let me. And, you know, I just like hung out for a while and we caught up. And then um, a week later, she messaged me at like 1130 at night saying like she needs help. And I was so happy to help her. And I know that she's not the kind of person who is, you know, leeching off of me or, you know, just wanting sympathy because I don't know, for some crazy reason, she actually needed the help. And I was really grateful that she asked because I've been in those dark, dark moments, you know, closing my closet door and crying on the floor. Like you thought being dead would be better. Yeah, I did have those times. I called it spiraling. I don't want to say that you were actually... I still spiral a little bit, but it's not nearly as deep as it was. <laughs> I don't want to say that you were actually suicidal, but I'm sorry I'm airing your own stuff. But, no, it's, I'm an open book. But uh, <laughs> but so you, you admitted, like, the thought of being dead seemed easier. It's like, well... Yeah, I definitely... And, and I still, because of the... Because of things that I'm in therapy for... <laughs> Um, the thought of that still isn't as intense or as scary as I think it sounds if I heard someone else say it. Um, I, I really felt like I didn't want to be dead, but the idea of being dead sounded so much easier and just, ugh. I just wanted to leave the party. I just wanted to... I didn't want to get my coat from the bed, you know, where everybody puts their coats. I didn't want to say goodbye to anybody. I just wanted to slowly evaporate and just be gone. <laughs> I just didn't want to be around. I wanted to leave the party early. Uh, yeah, and that was a really, yeah, it was a really dark, dark time. But, and I guess I survived that. But again, those in those moments, I didn't reach out, you know, I was just a mess. See, maybe and you should have. I know that I was harsh in saying, you put yourself <laughs> in a situation that's your own bed. You yeah. lie in it. But Well, because especially because it, I think it had to do, it wasn't just motherhood, but motherhood was part of it. Um, you know, I felt like uh, it, it reflected on me being able to be a parent. And oh, I must not be a very good parent if I'm struggling this hard. And at the same time, I would feel pretty good in the mornings. I, you know, I would be on the radio show. I'd be laughing, cracking jokes. Everything's cool. And then as the day progressed, you know, anything could happen. And I would just tip off a cliff and fall down into a dark, dark canyon of wanting to be dead. And uh, so, yeah, it felt like you know those pictures? I think that there was like a little thing going around with like Anthony Bourdain and uh, Robin Williams and some other people who'd like, oh, like Kate Spade, like committing suicide and how like they were really happy in these pictures, like pretty close before they were, they f were found dead and saying like, this is what suicide looks like. It doesn't look like you're just in this dark room, lis you know, like listening to the cure and wanting to cut yourself like it. It can just be you're living your normal life, but you have this like darkness that you can't like a tar pit that you can't get out of, you know, you brought up, you know, drug use. And when I was using pills and struggling in New York, um, you know, I think surviving in that case is 
get if you're just trying to get to the next day with the intent at some point that you're going to come out of it or find your way out of it um you know that to me counts as surviving it's like all right i just need to get through today but i have this idea that i would like to get somewhere at some point and find my way out of this and i think with anthony bourdain people couldn't understand and i don't even care to try to speak of where he was mentally but it made sense to me it's like yeah he had a successful tv show he was revered he took that cooking show but made it like a show about humanity and different cultures and uh yeah he had his own voice he did it the way he wanted to do it and i feel it was impactful but and meaningful but people like why would you want to die at that point and for some reason it made sense it's like I don't want to claim that he wasn't surviving. Like you survive every day, but at some point it's like, I'm not finding a way for some reason. He feels like a person who was trying to find a way out of it. Wanted to, but just couldn't, you couldn't, there's no, at some point it's like, I'm, there's no way I'm done. And then, and then all of that success almost works against you. Just like, just like, Oh, just like you're saying about like, Oh, you wanted this and you're still not happy. You know, like you wanted this as a parent. You wanted to do this. This was your choice. And it's okay. And you're still, you're not content. Oh, you want, you you have all this success with your cooking show that's really about humanity. And it's a very, you know, it's a really good show. It's like actual quality, whatever. And you're still not happy. You have a mansion, you're happy, you know, you're a fan, whatever. That's that's the problem I have. It's okay if you have kids, it's your choice and you struggle. And I know that I was pretty harsh about it up front. Um but I think it's representative of the extreme that the ways people view things like with Bourdain. Um, why would he want to do this? You have these things. You should be happy. And maybe the problem is if he did reach out to people, people are like, yeah, whatever you, I can't take you seriously. Why? How could you even be having a hard time right now? Right. Um, no, so there's a lack of understanding that quite often seemingly comes with it um if someone needs some kind of help and they're perceived to be in a position where they shouldn't need it yeah well i've heard people talk about it with celebrities you know like oh what is what is taylor swift complaining about you know misogyny and whatever oh she can't find a boyfriend she's got millions of dollars and this and that it's like yeah everybody still has shitty problems that they have to deal with it goes back to what I said before. Subjectively, yeah, your life is difficult in ways that objectively, when you compare it to the rest of the world, maybe on paper, it's easy to say you shouldn't be complaining or having a hard time with anything. But that's not that's not any reason to dismiss it when someone Especially, is. Especially, yeah, we're talking about uh, having kids. You have someone who struggles with infertility or something, and then there's someone with a three-month-old baby who's complaining, right? Then the person who's struggling with infertility, like, how dare you complain? You have everything. I have nothing. And the person with the three-year-old is allowed to complain. Of course. But what I'm saying, that's the that's the subjective perspective thing where it's, yeah. I I don't think this episode episode should be called survival. I think it should be called, like, difficulties. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean... I, I think survival is very specific and is why up front I was trying to grasp where we were yeah. going with it. Um, but as we've talked through it, I think, yeah, it's, it's really less about survival and more about 
difficult difficulties in life. Well, what you do when you face the difficulties and how you handle them. Yeah. And there are people who don't want to bother anyone, and there are people who just want to constantly bother people. Yeah. Everything seems to work in such extremes. And then there are people who won't want to help you if they decide and determine that you're not deserving of the help because how could you even need it in the first place? Reaching out feels like weakness. Um, uh, helping someone in a way that they might that that they might need may reflect on your own shortcomings or your own sort of issues, right? So like you may see something and the okay, so like someone comes to you you haven't dealt with whatever you might be dealing with and you see something in them that applies to you and so you dismiss what they're talking about because it's too painful for for you to face in yourself. So then it sort of shuts down the person reaching for help because they're like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't complain. And it's like, oh, something's wrong with me. Instead of, you know, it really would help, you know... (laughs) All that like greatest generation stuff about like the people before, you know, like the World War Two or whatever. Yeah, they they were able to like dust themselves off and like pull themselves up by their bootstraps and all that stuff. That's true. That doesn't you don't have to take away that stuff from them. But it doesn't mean that they created emotionally healthy generations after them. No, people who fought in any war and came back and were just expected to assimilate into real life at that point. That that's bullshit. It's like you watch your friends and even people who weren't your friend, just watching people get shot and killed and blown up. You yeah, don't, you don't come come out of that. And yeah, there's an idea. Oh, but they're the greatest generation, Greg. Well, there's, well, there's they're the I- greatest. Look, there were they difficulties. They do anything. They built the cities and the bridges, and look at them, and they don't complain. Well, maybe ask, they should have complained. Ask the people who built New York City. They didn't complain because. They were in survival mode, but they were treated like shit. The people who actually built the city, a lot of Irish people, for example, who other yeah. people were like, fuck you, stupid Irish man. Uh, go do that. And they, they're treated like crap. Do this ja- this dangerous job where you're expendable. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're in a situation where if survival is just not dying, finding a way to live, then... You know, there's a lot of people still just constantly surviving every single day of their lives, trying to get to the next day. And, you know, I said earlier that if there's an end goal in mind where you want to go, that's how I'm defining surviving. But now I'm altering that again because some people don't even have the luxury of getting to that point. It's like, oh, you should be so lucky to have a life where you can even try to figure it out. Um, I think... I think survive. Go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, if you're in a position where you have the luxury, I'm just revising my definition as we go along. (laughs) Yeah. If you're in a position where you have the luxury of uh, trying to work through your problems and you're not doing it, then I don't want to say you're surviving. If you would like to do that, but you can't and you're just getting through the day, that's surviving. Even if you're not getting to the point where you see, but you're talking about that with perspective from the outside. Sure. And the person you're talking about cannot see it that way. They're well, looking at a piece of paper. No, you're just going face. back. You're just going back to this one specific type of person who wants to, you know, bother people with their problems constantly. I doubt that a lot of people. Not just that. I doubt that a lot of people. And you're talking about, you know, you bring up the greatest generation, but people who went through 
war. Yeah, there was this idea. It's like, I shouldn't bother people with my stuff. I just need to take care of my own business. And, yeah. you know, that's not necessarily healthy. And a lot of those people probably were in position. And then they teach their kids yeah, that lot, they shouldn't reach out. But a lot of people, yeah, that's a problem. If you have the ability to do so, then you should. But it was the viewed issue, as some kind of weakness. And this idea, though, that they just took care of their business. Also, you know, a lot of this is attributed to time passing. I'm sorry. No matter what. Time is going to pass, and at some point, it will be years and years down the line, and it's easy for you to say that you survived when really all you did was just exist. And right, I'm not saying that people didn't take care of business, whatever that meant. Like, all right, I watched the my thing- friend's head get blown up. Now I'm back, <laughs> and I'll just find a job, and I'll, I'll have some kids. I'm not saying there's no merit to that, but it also seems like a pretty ridiculous thing to do to say, I'm just supposed to do this. I'm supposed to pretend that other thing didn't happen or have an effect on me. What I think is the problem is that the generation before, and that could be before any of the generations, not just the ones that have been to war, but even like Generation X, the problems that you, and not even problems, but just like we talked about initially with like basic needs, you know, there's, there are sort of like new sets of needs I think with every new generation or as as generations progress and the old generation feels like the new generation's needs aren't as worthy. And so they teach the new generation that they shouldn't act like that and you should only act like this based on almost an antiquated view of how the world works because it's the only view you know. And if you're and especially the way that your brain works where it's like it just wants things to be like wants to put things in boxes, wants things organized. You're just deciding the way that this is how it is. And this is the only way. Instead of being a dynamic, you know, fluid, like water person where you can sort of realize that the world is changing and that this is like the new way and this is what the next generation is going to be dealing with or is going to be experiencing. And so that doesn't mean like don't teach them how to change a tire or don't teach them that like, yes, things hurt. And, you know, that uh, you're going to have to deal with pain or something, but you do have to, like, understand that they're dealing, the next generations are dealing with things in a different, in a different way and experiencing things in a different way. And you should think about that and not shame them for that. Yeah. What's the point of civilization if uh, over time things don't get cushier? It is what's happened as human throughout human existence at that points your lifespan's 30 years uh every disease that you know could be a threat is a threat because there's no vaccinations medicines shit and as time goes on you know what what it means to survive and continue to live changes because right we're solving some of those problems and i do think that there is a worth that people get out of this idea of having survived if you get old in any time you're like, well, I've, you know, it's much easier to get into your 80s than it's ever been. But you get there, like, I've lived a long time, and a lot of things could have gone wrong. And I guess there's some kind of pride that comes out of that. Um, it means less and less, I think, as time goes on. But isn't that the point of advancement and civilization is to make things for pe- easier for right, people Right, but there's the a sort of resentment, I think. Yeah, and that's what I'm building on what you said. And then at some point, people hold that against. So you're complaining about things that I would never complain about. And, well, yeah. Do people do that? They have less to complain about. So, But do, do people do... Or you can complain. I don't even want to call it complain. You can have 
difficulty with things that other people maybe never had the room to have difficulty with. And a yes. lot of that does tie to like feelings and emotion. I know, shut up, you pussy, you and your yeah. feel like you really should have, again, just going back to anyone who fought in a war. Cause I always think <laughs> it's insane that people were just expected to come back and act like everything was normal. I don't know. Yeah. And they couldn't. That's why a lot of people became alcoholics or abusive or, you know, but there was this idea. It's like, I should never even explore those feelings and that's not the way it's done. And are there times in life or were there periods where you didn't have, you know, the flexibility to worry about such things when survival actually meant, I don't want to be killed by some animal or I have to find food. Uh, yeah. But as things change and evolve to, you know, make anyone feel lesser than because they're now in a spot where their life is easier in many ways, but now they're presented with a whole new set of problems to, you know, right. struggle and survive those things. Yeah, that's not necessarily cool. I'm not saying that people don't take it too far uh, or right. people abuse it as we've already established, but yeah, for umbrella statement, like everyone just needs to shut up. It was so <laughs> much harder when I was a kid. And yeah, you know, that's the uphill old, both ways. Yeah, that's the old to school, all that thing. The old Barefoot. cliche with with people. I was like, ah, yeah, sure. I don't know why that exists. You know, your yeah, life because of resentment. Because <laughs> well, that's a whole other resent- topic. Yeah, it's a whole other. Thing. All right, resentment. I think that I think this episode took a while to get its footing, <laughs> but I think once we did, I think it was it was like an old school episode of our show where we really talk about something interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took a I, I stumbled through trying to grasp. That's all right, because it's a. I really think it's mistitled, uh, but let's keep it as survival. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you liked it. Let's uh, rate and review, like and review, subscribe, because Greg likes to see the reviews go up. And uh, you always put that on me. You do every time that there's. You a new- can like it too. I do like it, but okay. not. I don't think I okay. get as much joy out of it. I don't really get do. joy. I'm just like, hey, look at this. Soon okay. We'll, well, soon he we'll says, have- "Hey, look at this." Make Greg say, "Hey, look at this!" With a new rating and review. Uh, find we'll, us on iTunes and we'll everywhere. Have, sorry, I'm interrupting. No, I was going to say it's, my only goal is to have more ratings than uh, Radio Labyrinth, so I can rub it into Andrew's face. Oh, that's okay. that's why yeah. I get excited. Everybody, go look. No, well, I was going to say go look at Radio Labyrinth, see what their ratings are, and make us have more <laughs> for Greg. <laughs> He <laughs> fell apart again, but I'll take the blame for this. You one. did that. I was on a roll and you kept interrupting. Boy, oh boy, I love some hot sauce. Go check out Hoff and Pepper. Use our code one top at 15 for 15% off. Some hot sauce. Love you. Thank you. Goodbye. Hey, Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Peter Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without Mm. any additives or extracts, a company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible, and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what, let's say no more than five ingredients. I mean, it's crazy, but there's gotta be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. 
you know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients, what? zero fillers, huh? additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hop Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no, tell me please now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm going to give you 15% off if you use the code 1TOPIC15. Hold on, that's... Yes, get a pen and paper. 1TOPIC15. Good. That's O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-1-5. All squished together at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome.